All right, let's go to your notes. Pull out your sermon notes. We're going to continue part two on the God who is unchanging. Aren't you glad today that God doesn't change? Because he doesn't change, he expects you to change. And you can count on him that he's going to be the same, but he doesn't want you the same. He wants you to change. He wants you to grow. The Bible says we're changed from glory to glory. So God doesn't change, but he wants you to change. And because he doesn't change, we can change. So uh, I I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and and, and we looked at a couple of uh, points. Here's our main scripture. The, uh, the, The unchanging God is Loshahan. And it means he does not change. Malachi, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. That word there means destroyed. Because God doesn't change, we are not consumed. We are not consumed or we are not destroyed. Lamentations chapter 3 says, because of the Lord's great love, we are There it is again, not consumed, we're not destroyed. For his compassions never fail, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Now, how many know that we are all experiencing a lot of change? It seems like the older you get, the more things change. So we're going to have a little fun today. And I'm going to, in just a moment, put up some, some photos of, of things that change. Primarily, we're going to see uh, family photos that have changed over the years, and hairstyles that have changed over the years, and cars that have changed over the years. So go ahead, guys. Let's go just this first, uh, first clip. And there's the 1950s. How many remember those hairdos? And there it is some more. Beautiful Corvette, 1950s, look at the families, the hairdos, 1960s. Go ahead, guys. All right, things are changing. How many remember the 60s? Huh? All right, let's go to the 70s. Farrah Fawcett. I love the family photos in these, they're great. I remember that. 1980s. Yeah, love that. Nineties. Oh yeah. That's a hairdo there. Still got a couple more gender. There we go. There's a there's 2000s, starting to get a little crazy. There's a 210s, 2010, and here's the 20s. My, how things have changed. And in spite of things changing, God says, I never change. My faithfulness is great. Your hairdo may change, but I don't. Your cars may change, I don't. Your family photos may change, but I don't. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because he doesn't change, that enables us to live a life where we are not consumed and we're not destroyed. So let's review and let's, let's continue our series together. If you're with me this morning, say amen. Because God's faithfulness is great and he doesn't change, number one, I can live boldly. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I can live boldly. I love what Proverbs 28 says. The righteous are bold as a lion. You can live boldly. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Let me ask you a question this morning today. What are you afraid of? If the Lord is your stronghold, if the Lord is your strength, then you don't have to live in fear. You can live boldly. Now, we talked about this last week. Uh, Living boldly doesn't mean you have to be mean. It doesn't mean you have to be ugly. But you can be forceful. You can be righteous as a lion. God is needing men and women to live boldly and to do things you've never done before. To step outside of the box. To sit in a different seat at church. I mean, God wants you to, 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 to live boldly. And you do that because God doesn't change and you can count on him and he empowers you to live a life of boldness. This week, I want you to look for an opportunity to live boldly. Do something you've never done before. Number two, because God doesn't change, I can forgive continually. I love that. Remember Jesus' words. God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. People in your life, they don't know what they're doing. And you just have to make a decision to forgive continually. Is there anyone here today, sometimes you just lose faith in having to forgive that same person again and again and again? Anybody? About three of us in the balcony. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guess what? Because God doesn't change, he empowers you to forgive continually. Give them some slack. Give them some grace. They don't know what they're doing. Remember a couple weeks ago I talked about my golf swing. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what I was doing. I've got a praise report. I think I've gotten victory over my golf swing. So thank you for your prayers. You guys praise I mean, you you know something's wrong, but you don't know what you're doing. Well, that's the way people are. And as believers, I'm praying that uh, the people in Belle Isle will be people that forgive continually. Seventy times seven, that's a lot of forgiving. And if Christ forgave you in that manner, then we should also forgive others. Can I get an amen? Number three, I can give unselfishly. I love the fact that this church has given over 25,000 already to Cuba. And they're expanding, they're growing. Why? Because we're a church, we're, we're believers that give unselfishly. Number four, let's go quickly. Because God doesn't change, I can trust completely. Look at uh, Jeremiah 17. But blessed, everyone say blessed. See, blessed isn't the size of your bank account. It's not the size of your 401 portfolio. It's not, the, it's not a definition of how much real estate you own. Blessing is walking in the favor of God. And the Bible says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to produce fruit. I can trust God completely. I love that old hymn of the church. Tis so sweet to what? 
to trust in Jesus. It really is sweet. It's not easy. It's difficult. But because God doesn't change, he gives us the ability to trust completely. Now, let me ask you a question. What area in your life are you not trusting God in? Is it your finances? Is it your future? Is it your health? What is it? Because God doesn't change, he gives us the power to trust completely. God, I trust in you today. I want to encourage you today to put your trust in him. You can do it. And it is sweet. It's not easy, but it is sweet. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. All right, number five. Because God doesn't change, I can receive freely. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And because God doesn't change and his faithfulness is great, we can receive freely. Can I tell you something, church? God has more for you. And the only thing you have to do to get more of God is give up more of yourself. God has more. There is new dimensions. There are gifts of the Spirit that are available to you, and because God doesn't change, he wants you to receive freely. But watch this. You can't receive until you are willing to give away what you have. You've got to let go in order for to receive more of God. And there's something in all of our lives that we need to let go of so that we can receive more of God. Are you willing today to let go of something to receive more of God? You've got to let go so that you can receive. I've told this a couple years ago. Uh, remember my uh, uh, Aaron Scott, he used to be the worship leader here at the church many, many years, a wonderful young man. Uh, he was kind of heavy when he was a baby. He loved to eat. He took after his old dad. And, and I remember uh, we, we called him Chunka. He, especially during uh, October, we, we dressed him up like a pumpkin. It was fantastic. He was the best pumpkin you ever saw. Just He was really heavy, and he loved to eat. And I remember one time he was sitting in his high chair, and I put a cookie in one hand, and I put a cookie in the other hand, and I did something really mean. I took out a third cookie, and I waved it in front of him. And Aaron, he was, I don't know how old he was, but he, 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 was, he was perplexed. He was like, I want to eat all three of these cookies. How am I going to do this? And I remember he was sitting in his high chair, and he looked at this cookie, and he looked at this cookie, and they looked at the cookie in front of them, and he came to a brilliant decision. And the decision is this. I've got to let go of something in order to get something in front of me. He realized as a little baby, he couldn't hang on to everything and that in life, sometimes you've got to let go of this in order to get this. And church, I'm telling you today, God has more for you. We have not arrived. We have not reached our limit. He is a God that is incredibly gifted, and he wants to empower you and I. And he wants you to receive more, but in order for you to receive more, you've got to let go of. 
And as you let go, you are then able to receive all that God has for you. God has the gifts of the Spirit that are available to you. All you got to do is let go of fear. All you got to do is let go of a few things so that you can embrace all that God has. I read this in a seedbed um, email that I receive every day by J.D. Walt. He was one of the speakers at our conference just last week. Watch this. I receive your righteousness and I release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and I release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and I release my emptiness. I receive your peace and I release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Because God doesn't change, we can receive freely. But here's the problem, folks. Some of us like hanging on to the things that have been a part of us our whole life. There's a comfort. In order for you to receive more of God, you've got to be willing to let go of, to release so that you can receive. God's available. He's a big God. He can do way more than we can even imagine. But we've got to be willing to release so that we can receive. You cannot receive until you release. I guarantee you, if I went down to Starbucks with you and had a cup of coffee, every single one of us has got something that we can let go of so that we can receive all that God has for us. Number six, are you still with me? Let me hear an amen. Because God doesn't change, I can walk confidently. I can walk confidently. Let's go. To, let's take time here. We've got a few more minutes. Go to Psalm 23. I want to read this to you. And we're going to look at how we can walk confidently when God is with us. How many know that God is with us and we can, we can walk confidently? Let me hear an amen. All right, let's go to Psalm 23. You all know this. It's probably the, one of the most famous scriptures in all of God's word, but it has powerful truth for us today. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Everyone say nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that. David, a shepherd, was following the good shepherd. And when you walk in confidence, you are following a great shepherd. And he's leading you and he's guiding you so you don't have to be timid. You can walk in confidence. Why? Because the good shepherd is leading you and you can be confident. You don't have to be timid or afraid or scared. You follow the good shepherd and he will lead you through still waters, green pastures, through the valley. He says, I'm with you. And there's some things that happen when you walk in confidence and you follow the good shepherd. The first thing that God gives you as you follow the good shepherd is he gives you courage. Everyone say courage. You have courage. David says, I'm going to fear no evil. 
I'm not going to be afraid of something happening to my kids. I'm not going to be afraid of something happening to my business. I'm not going to be afraid of something happening to my country. Why? Because I fear no evil. There's nothing worse than living in fear. And the good shepherd says, if you'll just follow me, I'll give you courage. You can walk confidently. That doesn't mean you know everything. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be just perfect. But you're following the good shepherd. And when you follow the good shepherd, the first thing he gives you is courage. Number two, the second thing he gives you is comfort. Your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. I love that. Number three, he gives you victory over your enemies. You know what God wants to see in our lives? He wants to see a little bit more victories. How many watched college football yesterday? A lot of good victories. Pretty bad defeats too. God wants this church to be full of people that are walking in victory. Living in victory. Victory over your enemies. That's what can happen when we follow the good shepherd. I want to hear stories of people walking in victory. Don't you? So this week, I want you to call me, send me an email, come by the office, and tell me a victory that's taken place in your life. I need to hear victories. Our staff need to hear victories. You know, because sometimes all we get is the bad news. People dying. People getting divorced. People in the hospital. People fighting financial issues. And I know that can be a little discouraging at times. Are y'all with me? I want this church to be a church that celebrates our victories and shares our stories. So if something good has happened to you, that's good, and we want to celebrate that because it's contagious. When you hear someone else walking in victory, that gives you boldness and courage that it can happen to you too. And when you hear that another person in the church has got victory over their enemies, it's contagious and it rubs off on you, and then you can start believing that God's going to give you victories too. It's depressing to hear heartache day after day after day, and the enemy's getting all this glory. Well, it's not biblical. Why? Because the good shepherd says that if you follow me, I will give you victory over your enemies. Just a thought. And by the way, there are some friends in your life that really would like to see you walk in victory. They've counseled you enough. They've prayed for you enough. They've stood with you enough. How about let's walk in victory? Because people get tired of losses. You know what happens to coaches that lose too much? Are y'all with me this morning? Guess what happens to coaches that lose too much? They get fired. Why? Because schools and alumni and fans, they don't want to hang around a bunch of losers. They want a victory every once in a while. And your friends are dying for a victory from you. I mean, sometimes I think people see us, we're walking, they're like, oh, no, here he comes. 
Here she comes. Another sob story. No, no, how about we start trusting the good shepherd and we start coming to that place where we start walking in victory over our enemies because the good shepherd gives you that ability to walk in victory. Are you still with me? Let me hear an amen. He gives us courage. He gives us comfort. He gives us victory over our enemies. He anoints us. He says, you anoint my head with oil. Everyone touch your head just for a moment. Do you know that if your head is anointed, your body is going to follow? This is where you think. This is where the thoughts. This is where the battle is. And guess what? God says, I'm going to anoint your head with oil. There is power when you receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your head. When God anoints your head, your heart will follow. You anoint a head with oil. We need to be anointed. That means that you have God's Spirit on you, and people can tell a difference in you. You're anointed. Next one is, my cup overflows. My cup overflows. You know, my, my prayer for Belle Isle Community Church is that we are a church that overflows. I've been around Christians that are half full their whole life. Half. Not living in victory, not living in abundance, barely making it, barely getting by, not walking in victory. David said, when you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You see, a full cup is for you. The overflow is for everybody else. And we need to believe God that we're going to live a life that overflows. If it's not in you, you can't give it away. If it's not in you, you can't overflow. So I would believe that this church is going to continue to be a church that overflows. We got enough God's spirit. We got enough God's anointing. We got enough God's energy. And we're going to simply just overflow. And how many know good things happen when you overflow? David said, my cup overflows. Hallelujah. And then what happens? Goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life, and you're guaranteed eternity because you're going to be with Jesus forever. That's the kind of life I want to live so I can walk in confidence. So this week when you see me walking, I'm walking in confidence. Why? Because I'm following the good shepherd. And he's going to lead me to green pastures. He's going to anoint my head with oil. My cup is going to overflow. And surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. That's the kind of life I want to live. I'm here with me. Let me hear an amen. Number seven, quickly. We're going to have a time of communion here in just a moment. We're going to join the whole world. Today is Communion Sunday. We're going to join the whole world in celebrating what Christ has done for us. Number seven, because God's faithfulness is great, I can rest securely. Everyone say rest. You know what rest is? Rest is Come into that place where you are fully aware that God's in control of every area in your life and you don't have to stress, you don't have to worry. 
I mean, life can pile on sometimes. And I've seen Christians not walking in the rest of God. Look what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you that are weary and, and burdened, and I will do what? And I will give you rest. We need more rest in our lives. And that happens when we come to God, give him our worries, our concerns, and we come to him and he gives us rest. All right, John, come up here real quick. We're going to just do this and then we're going to close here today. Here's John. Call him Bob Belisle. Bob Belisle. Now, how many know that life can start piling on sometimes? I'm going to start uh, giving you some burdens that people carry around. Here's, here's sickness. God bless you. Yeah. We're going to give a little, we're going to give you a little uh, fear. How about fear? That's a good one. Let's just pile I don't, on I don't the want fear. Yeah, uh, there's another can, fear. Can I not? Oh, okay. oh, bless you. Okay. There you go. Okay. Ow. There's more. Hang on. Oh, no. There How we go. We're going to give a little anxiety. How many worried about the economy and the stock market and the president and the debates and all this stuff. Let's just let's just pile on a little bit more stress and anxiety. And I've John's got, a, I've got be, enough. I've got, okay. John's, right. John's going to be blessed with that. What's another worry? What's another concern? Worried about your kids? Worried about your grandkids? Worried about your finances? And let's just pile on. And there's another. That's a lot. Blessing. Yeah. Well, it's funny. This pillow says peace, but there's nothing <laughs> peaceful about. Anxiety, and worry. Let's pile on some unforgiveness. There you go. And uh, there you go. That's what you look like. I mean, you're good now. You guys showered, shaved. Put on some cologne, hopefully. And you look good now, but on Monday morning, that's what you look like. And guess what, church? This is what the world sees when they see Christians overburdened and heavy laden. When Christ says, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, that word there means to overburden a donkey. And we allow fears and worries and concerns and issues to overwhelm us. And God says to us, if you are living like this, you're not doing anybody any good. Does John have the ability right now to, to feed those that are hungry? No, why? Because he's overwhelmed. Does he have the ability to, to prophesy and, and speak life into people? No, he can't do that because he's overwhelmed. Can he go to Cuba? And give away some money and help people that are living on $20 a month? No, he can't do that because he's overwhelmed. If I come to him and I need prayer and I see him, I sure as heck not going to go for prayer from him. Why? Because he's not living in abundance. He's not overflowing. He is overwhelmed and he's burdened and he's heavy laden. And as funny as this is, that's what you look like. You allow the cares of the world to overwhelm you. And you're not walking in rest. You're overwhelmed with grief and heartache and stress, anxiety, and fears, and sickness. 
That's why Jesus says, come to me. If you're overwhelmed and overburdened, then I'll give you rest. So God says, John, begin to cast your cares. Bring them to the cross. There you go. Cast them. Get rid of them. There you go. John's welcome. Yeah. Yeah, Just cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Boy, he's in sorry shape, isn't he? I I, I didn't know he was going to be this sorry. Yeah, cast him. Good. There you go. You got one more, John. You got one more. Get that last one. There you go. (laughs) Now, watch this. Now, I want you to walk in liberty. Run around the church one time, John. Just walk, run around the church. Hallelujah. Man, he's good. Come on, all the way around, John, all the way around. Hey, I grew up in church. They did this every Sunday. I like it. That's liberty. That's freedom. That's contagious. I want to be around somebody like that. I want to go to coffee with him. I want him to rub off on me. I want to live in that liberty. And you can rest securely when you cast all of your care on him. He cares for you. And when you make that decision, you can now rest securely. It doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that things are not going to go bad. But your confidence is not in you. It's in God. And you can rest securely.